3: Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
5: On February 19th, 2022, there was a mass shooting in Portland, Oregon. A right-wing extremist opened fire at people doing traffic support for a weekly racial justice march. Uh, He killed one person. He injured several others. One of the people who was injured a young woman is currently paralyzed from the neck down uh, her friends and family are raising money um not for immediate survival stuff for for quality of life things for things to you know allow her to enjoy herself out in the world with people given the fact that she's dealt with something and is dealing with something uh permanently life-changing so i wanted to highlight that they're already above their initial goal but obviously you know, any anything we can give will help her and her family have a higher quality of life, and I think they deserve it. So go to GoFundMe, Portland Mass Shooting Paralyzed Survivor Fund. That's GoFundMe, Portland Mass Shooting Paralyzed Survivor Fund. If you've got some extra cash, you know, the season being what it is, I get that everybody's got a lot of expenses coming up, but uh, if a few folks have some extra bucks, I know it'll be appreciated, and it'll help ha- her have uh, a warmer season this year and She certainly deserves it. So, again, GoFundMe, Portland Mass Shooting, Paralyzed Survivor Fund. Thank you. Ah, God is dead, and you, Jamie Loftus, have killed him. I did it. I finally did it. You did it. You did it. No, God was a him, and Jamie killed him. Hammer to the back of the head.
4: And, and people are going to be critical of that, but you know, they are, you they don't are. know my story mm-hmm. and in my six part mini series in which I'm played by Amanda Seafried, I think wow. you're going to start to see my side of the story and Courageous. I think I'm definitely not going to jail for what I
0: did.
5: That's good. Unlike <laughs> founder of oh, Theranos, know, Elizabeth no Holmes, who yeah. we just found out has been sentenced to 11.25 years in, in prison. Um, I'm kind
4: of I like,
5: yeah, I have mixed like I
4: have mixed feelings because it's yeah. like people don't go. To, first of all, the prison industrial complex in general, no, it, it, it's, it,
5: the, it, it doesn't make anyone better to the extent that there's value in the present day and putting people in prison. It's people who are like a severe ongoing danger. And right. I, I don't see this making anything better. Like at the no, same time, I hate her. So I don't I'm not going to. She's horrible. It's not, it's not going to be the top injustice I, I, I rue today.
4: I do kind of like that her, uh, after being exposed as an unrepentant criminal, she's like, oh, I think I'm just going to kind of be like, a normy girl for a while, and I'm going go to go to Coachella with my new and boyfriend. Have a kid. Yeah, and you're like, Liz, it's too late. It's yeah, too late you, for that, Liz. You defrauded
5: um, people with a fake medical device that led folks to see to get treatment for things they didn't have and ignore right. illnesses they did, which is you bad. Got caught
4: before too many bodies hit the floor, but yeah, no, that would have stopped you.
5: But you didn't um, really care. You you applied Steve no. Jobs' logic. To something that was not just a silly box to keep in your pocket. Um Lizzie. Oh,
4: Lizzie, Lizzie. You Lizzie. know, <laughs> Lizzie, uh, I don't know. is Again, we learned.
5: Also, Although- putting her in prison for, you know, probably nine years when you consider all of the other things is like not going to help anything. Uh, it'll just mean that that kid she has grows up without a mom for nine years. And that's not going to make the that's world the better.
4: Thing. It's like. It's a huge moment for many things can be true at once, and yes. us having to hold all of those truths. And um still record an episode of Behind the Bastards. I can oh, I tell yeah. you about a legal Th- case. This, I was actually, about.
5: this actually will be relevant to the episode, but yes, please, please. Wait, really?
4: Yes. Okay, yes. this is definitely not gonna be relevant. So let's let's <laughs> okay. pivot. I was a legal case I was thinking about today um was the the Beanie Babies billionaire. Um when he went was taken to court in twenty thirteen for holding money in a Swiss bank account. Um he so it was like Wait, a why tax. Is that
5: Oh, a tax evasion. Tax evasion
4: charge. Um, So he was uh, up for as many as five years in prison for tax evasion. Uh Then he got off with, uh, I mean, he's a billionaire. He's never going to suffer a consequence, right? But like he uh, ended up getting a two years of probation on the ground that it had been too publicly humiliating. So he didn't have to get to go to jail because he was too embarrassed. So funny. It was so embarrassing that he didn't have to go to jail what that's absolutely fucking weird anyways I'm
5: gonna I'm gonna see how far this goes by committing murder and then having my pants fall down and like (laughs) well (laughs) judge look Yes, I did stab that man 47 times. But, but then, I then everybody my saw pants. my underpants. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I pee-peed myself. So I feel like that. Think that think to... <laughs> yeah. can we square.
5: Yeah. Can we just zero this one out?
4: <laughs> <laughs> man, I love the Beanie Babies story so much. I'm surrounded by my beans, feeling safe.
5: Wow, that's uh, good. You yeah. do literally have one on your shoulder right now. Yeah, um, Patty the Platypus. Just, just, just like I have this rifle next to me. <laughs>
4: I think that we both have our comfort objects at the ready.
5: That's right. Um, So, Jamie, Mm -hmm. speaking of Elizabeth Holmes, because the person we're talking about today is going to be the next story like that. Uh, By this time next year, there probably is going to be an HBO documentary about this guy.
4: Oh, God. Uh,
5: Maybe Taylor Taylor Kitsch could probably play him um actually if he Get wanted to really taylor like round that King. out no. that taylor no. kitch played hot david koresh in the waco show
4: Oh, Jamie, i walked into that one i'm did. so pissed. pissed yeah they'd have
5: to give him like a belly suit or something that's not anti-fat i'm just being accurate uh but he could do it um I'm pissed. maybe that is yeah i don't want to see know. this man
0: ever again no i'm mad taylor
5: kitch you don't want to see taylor kitch again no you don't want to no. see those cum gutters I, again I'm unbelievable
0: good. god damn it robert I, God there's plenty
4: of in this town, Robert. There's a million cum gutters. I don't need those. I need those in. <laughs>
5: uh, oh, that that is true. But anyway, runs so
4: through the street. Dude.
5: That 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 is that is true of Los Angeles and no other city. Today yep. we are talking about a guy who absolutely never comes, Sam bankman freed
4: Why does you know he this cum? guy?
5: Do you know this guy?
4: I don't know this guy. No. You don't
5: know this guy. You don't You're know this guy. Have,
0: have you have you caught any
5: news in the last week about how, like, a massive cryptocurrency exchange has collapsed, plummeted? I all did of hear the... about that. This is that guy.
4: Oh, my! this is the guy okay.
5: with his, like, polyamorous sex ring that was running a big crypto bank in the Bahamas and it all fell apart. And now, billions of dollars are gone.
4: You've lost me again.
5: <laughs> oh, great. OK, well, we'll I'll, I'll try to. This is still breaking. Um, I, we are, because this is a Thanksgiving week episode, we only do one episode on Thanksgiving's. I needed a single one. So I just want to give everyone background on this guy. We will, we may come back to this story because there's a lot we don't fully understand about how he did what he did and the degree to which, but.
4: I hit the Google gist of this images. is that I this guy, on this. this
5: guy ran a trading service called Alameda Research and a crypto exchange. And an exchange is basically like a a, a a bank, right? It's a cross between a bank and like a trading platform called okay. FTX which was one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world and was also considered by most people to be the most stable and like ethical and legitimate, right? People who were just kind of on the outside looking at when everything collapsed earlier this year, right? You remember that? We had that big like crypto. I I, I
4: was engaged in that. It's just that I get a lot of my news from journalists on Twitter and they've been busy this week. (laughs) Yes.
5: So when, (laughs) when 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 crypto like fell apart, when a lot of crypto fell apart earlier this year and like a bunch of places went under ftx Mm -hmm. was one of the ones that stayed stable and actually were buying up a bunch of like failing crypto companies to try to like prop up the industry they just collapsed and like the value of all everything has been plummeting for for the last several days it's a big disaster it is very like yeah
4: and in (laughs) in In as in words that will annoy me as little as possible, can you explain why FTS remained solvent and other? It is not
5: didn't? solvent. Oh, now no, why I know, it but did? Like, why
4: did it outlast? Oh, them?
5: because they lied.
4: Oh, um, So okay. they were okay, they easy.
5: were operating the sh- the short end of how to describe it, and and we may there will be more details to come. But at present, it seems fair to say that it was a giant Ponzi scheme. Where they I were see. they were they were taking in money, promising unreasonable returns, using other investor money to gamble on stuff to try to provide. Anyway, and it worked Unlike all well, the other the crypto guys, was they were they were um,
4: dishonest.
5: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very likely what, what, what differentiates this is the scale, because this is okay. very likely a financial crime on the level of what Bernie Madoff did. We are talking in the 10 to 20 billion dollars stolen. Um, Holy cow. Okay. A lot of money. This is a serious <laughs> financial crime. Okay. I'm going um, in
4: on this pretty cold. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm, the, I'm
5: listening. So it, it, for the, other, the other kind of mass, uh, um, like, touchstone of this is that it has led to a class action lawsuit against Larry David, Shaquille O'Neal, Tom Brady, and a number of celebrities who were all in a, a Super Bowl ad for FTX. Um, <gasps> I remember that ad. That yeah. was so
4: embarrassing for my yeah. man Larry. And yeah, my man so the deal. The,
5: the lawsuit is basically. I mean, saying will basically this was a anything. high dollar Ponzi scheme <laughs> and you guys were using your name recognition to sell unregistered securities, which they were. <laughs> which they were. <laughs> which That's they so definitely were.
4: Sorry, I just want to circle back to Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal will put his name on anything to mm-hmm. the point where to the it point is where it's very funny. I worked uh, at a Haunted Hayride this year, which we don't talk about because it was a bad idea. But the rival Haunted Hayride. I told Sophie hayri- that. What? you told, told was, You told her it was a bad idea? I well, told her what? it was a I'm bad alive, idea. Well, guess what? I'm alive, bitch. Bitch, I lived. Yeah. I supported I lived- it. <laughs> I live to tell the tale. It's very unclear who is right in the side of should I work at a haunted hayride or not. I still haven't really landed on an answer. Point being, our closest rival haunted hayride wise was Shacktoberfest. It was wow. a shack themed haunted attraction in which the only shack related thing was a gigantic inflatable Frankenstein that looked like shack, which did sound awesome. That but. sounds
5: actually like the best time anyone's ever had.
4: I love it. Shaq um, will put his name on anything, including crypto and Halloween. He one sure of which will. I'm supportive of.
5: What a what a king. Um mm-hmm. probably not. I'm I'm sure there's horrible things about Shaq that have come out. That seems almost unavoidable. Anyway, <laughs> Sam Bankman Fried is the guy behind this gigantic financial crime that is still unraveling as we do this episode. And I mm-hmm. want to talk about less about what happened on the exchange because none of us want to talk about. How somebody carries out the nuts and bolts of a cryptocurrency scam, but I want to talk about.
4: Out, I, I want to talk honest. about the
5: social elements of the scam. I want to talk about okay. how he conned the media, how he conned celebrities, and how he conned regulators. Um, okay. and I, I just want to talk about also the way some of these people talked and wrote about him because there's a lot bef- about. I don't know. A week or so ago, we did an episode on the Daily Show. We do It could happen here about ethical altruism, which mm-hmm. is in brief a theory that like the instead of trying to help people just because they need help, uh, you should only help people after you consider the way to help people that is like the absolute most beneficial way for like the least amount of you know effort. The it's utilitarianism, right? What can How can I do right. the greatest good with the 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 least resources with and the whatnot? Least amount of yeah and it's it's the way a lot of these like it, it and it's merged with this kind of thinking towards what billionaire types call long termism and the gist of this is like it's not worthwhile for me to do stuff like pay taxes to have a society or guarantee like universal health care. Instead, I should make, instead the most ethical thing that I should do is make as much money as I personally can and then put that money into things that I believe will save the world like research to stop AIs from killing everyone and getting to Mars and shit. It's a way for billionaires. Or rockets
4: really fast
5: trains. It's a way for billionaires and the other mega rich to justify like continuing to do exactly what they want and feel like they're saving the world anyway you sam know what bankman God, freed you know what the guy
4: from beanie baby you know what the beanie babies billionaire did to improve the world
5: he made a lot of beanie babies
4: and then he bought the four seasons hotel and kept making beanie babies he didn't do shit
5: that's well you know that's i'm fine with that compared to these guys because they're all he's doing the elon musk thing where they're pretending anyway bank Sam Bankman fried is one of these guys. And we're going to get into that. But we did this episode on It Could Happen Here where he Mm -hmm. was kind of a tangential character in this very unsettling and and insidious movement that is behind guys like Elon Musk who are claiming to be saving the world while just fucking over people. And then like four days after it came out, his entire life unraveled and his fortune disappeared overnight because he was a giant con artist. What a treat. Um, It's very funny. So that's why we're talking about him right now.
0: Yeah, he's like like 30 years old and looks like, mark zuckerberg and david dobrik's love child he's 30 yeah. years old That's i feel what he great looks about like. myself he right like now is a mark zuckerberg and david dobrik's love child
5: look i shouldn't call anyone a schlub but he looks like a schlub um, i forget what
4: david dobrik looked like because my brain protects myself respectfully i understand two villains two villains love child
5: yeah um anyway so I uh, Yeah, Sam Bankman-Fried was born in 1992 on the campus of Stanford University, uh, Mm -hmm. continuing a long and proud tradition of absolutely nothing good ever coming (laughs) from that hellhole. His parents are both extremely prominent Stanford professors. His mother, Barbara, is a lawyer who clerked for the Second Circuit Court and graduated from Harvard. She founded Mind the Gap, a somewhat shady and mysterious democratic fundraising group. I think it's shady in that people don't exactly know where all the money comes from or, like, what their goals are. She also, yeah, pinned that sounds an,
4: shady. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. She also pinned an essay in 2013 that the right wing is going nuts about. Cause she was basically arguing that like it good and evil are less a factor in, in what people do than environmental factors and, in and, and all that stuff. Like when people do mm-hmm. things that are bad, it's more often a product of their invite. It, it was kind of a, um, Oh God, what's that fucking, psychologist uh it was like a skinner type argument where it's like well if people have bad inputs in their youth then that's going to determine anyway um i think that's funny given what happens um i i'm gonna guess she sucks at what She's She she's she sucks, uh, and so does his dad, Joseph Bankman. Oh, good. Uh, Joseph is also a lawyer. He is a graduate from Yale. Uh, his big claim to fame was developing a proposal for an overhaul of the California tax return system that would have filled out citizens' tax returns in advance. And I know ju- I just said he sucked, but actually that sounds like a good thing. Um, I think oh. that that's actually yeah. a cool thing to advocate for. The measure failed by one vote after heavy lobbying from Intuit, a tax so- prep software company. One
4: vote. No um, shit.
5: Yeah, it kind of is. It's it's total bullshit because stuff it's the thing everybody agrees with on paper, but nobody will actually fight the tax prep companies, which is like, hey, the IRS like knows more or less what I make and like knows more or less what I owe. Why don't I just get a thing from them? Why do I have to go through this? Like, anyway, there's no need.
4: uh, But it's like that's the only other
5: countries do it that way. We don't, though. And well, it's right, because, well, because
4: there has to be a convoluted system that's expensive yeah. and where they can charge you if you make the tiniest mistake because you yeah. can't read size one well, font.
5: Well, and more to the point, because I don't actually think the IRS is advocating to keep it a pain in the ass. I think it's these tax prep companies um, because they have an entire industry based on charging people to do the thing that they have to do to avoid going to fucking prison. Um, anyway, I, I, I said he's an asshole and I'm sure he is, but he was right about this and... I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Like all of us, Joseph is also a podcaster. He is the host of the co-host of the Stanford Legal Podcast. Oh, insufferable
0: times, too. And he's a nerd.
5: If it wasn't the holiday season and I wasn't like getting ready for friends and family and all that, that good stuff, I would have listened to his podcast and we would probably be making fun of him. But you can do that on your own oh my Um, goodness I believe in you isn't
4: it doesn't it feel so horrible when you think of how many people do what we do but they're the worst person you've ever heard of it's so sad it's embarrassing
5: yeah it's it's like I don't know
4: I avoid self-identifying as a podcaster as it is it's still not a system but then on top of that they're like oh like what like, what I mean, you know, you, know only, like, you know, the only
5: you oh, know, the only thing that, that I can compare it to is like when I started making a living as a writer 15 years ago, and oh, I would Brad? say that okay. at like a at like a, a a party or something, someone asked like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a writer. And like four other people would say, yeah, me too. Uh, and then you wind up listening to everybody's pitches for their novels that they're never going to finish. Um, oh, it's, I mean,
4: it's the and same. so thing, eventually like the- I just
5: started lying and saying that I s- still worked at special ed. <laughs>
4: well i like i mean it's the same thing with like if you say you're a comedian in a party you're about to have oh god no never
5: never identify as a comedian in public oh me
4: too do you and i've done one whole open mic and my Uh joke was very offensive and isn't it a comedian's job to push boundaries and be oh tell me your joke you know how
5: lenny bruce let read that uh, read that list of curse words well i just do that with slurs here let me show you
4: Yeah, you're like, yeah, like, (laughs) Selene Bruce was not funny in that period of his career, even a little. Anyways, anyways, our jobs are embarrassing
5: is what I'm saying. Anyway, (laughs) our our jobs are indeed embarrassing. So as you might guess from all of that, Sam was born into what amounts to America's like liberal aristocracy. He is a fucking coastal elite, right? This kid grows up on the Stanford campus to Stanford professors. One of his aunts teaches at Columbia University is like a professor there. Uh, So he's like he has close family connections to employees at Yale and at Harvard, uh, as well as Stanford, like his he's parents a, both go to Harvard. I think he's it a is, little Kennedy. He is a yeah. He's he's that. He is as yeah. Y, y, you do not get much more of a rarefied like intellectual air. He's
4: wearing he's wearing linens around. Yes. This is how I think about <laughs>
5: yes. This is this <laughs> is a child who at age eight has strong opinions on Emmanuel Kant. Um, and which people,
4: again. And Of cheer Mm -hmm. for him at the table
5: No Oh we're about to get into that Jamie Loftus I
4: just had a I just had a Vision of a child Sitting at like A holiday dinner And saying Derivative And then mm -hmm. someone (laughs) going Oh that's amazing Wow He is really coming along Isn't he Yeah this is a little
5: kid That when he like Sits down at the doctor's office Pulls out a fucking I don't know Derrida or something Book Just just, (laughs) just so you know Just so you know He knows fancy philosophers
4: Yeah God damn it Board book
5: Mm-hmm. So his okay. parents and his raised him and his brother to be utilitarians. Uh, one of the articles wow. about them, I, I found was raised say to be that,
4: into SpongeBob.
5: Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was raised to hassle cows in a, our back 40. Um, <laughs> His parents, uh, nights, are, so this article notes that nights around the family dinner table often focused around debates about how to do the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, in later interviews with, I'm going to get to this guy in a second, the absolute dick writingist journalist to ever ride dick, Sam would claim that his most formative moment came at age 12 when he was weighing arguments around the abortion debate. So, first off hold on
4: no (laughs) no on point one no because because not only no also like in the context of like where would he have been doing this
5: i'm guessing it like around the family table or when they have the all you know everybody's got their brandy and he's drinking some sort of fucking tea that's insufferable and they're all talking about people's rights as no. if it's like a fun intellectual problem, like how to fix an because engine. Because for
4: them it is. Because wher- yes. wherever they land, the rules aren't going to apply to them anyways. Yes, uh, yes. Where, where does he uh, Where does he fall? Where does he fall in the debate?
5: That's a great question. So I'm going to quote now from an article oh, previously no. published by Sequoia Capital and written okay. by Adam Fisher, who should never be allowed to live this article down. When I say the dick writingist like fucking PR flack journal, it's, un- it's, it's shameful. <laughs> quote, a, rights, a rights-based theorist might argue that there aren't really any discontinuous differences as a fetus becomes a child, and thus fetus murder is essentially child murder. The utilitarian argument compares the consequences of each. The loss of an actual child's life, a life in which a great deal of parental and societal resources have been invested, is much more consequential than the loss of a potential life in utero. And thus, to a utilitarian, abortion looks more like birth control than like murder. SBF, that's what they always call him, the kid, Sam, SBF. CF's application Ugh. of utilitarianism helped him resolve some nagging doubts he had about the ethics of abortion. and made him feel comfortable being pro-choice as his friends, family, and peers were. He saw the essential rightness of his philosophical faith. So that's very fucked up. That is, that is so deep. Like the term choice is used at the very end there, but it's clear that like, he's not thinking about this in terms of like the no. actual value of human bodily autonomy. That does not weigh into utilitarian calculus for him whatsoever.
4: No, that is, <laughs> to Which quote, I would argue, my friend Robert, yeah. no, no, no.
5: And again, even like, look, I, I, I shit reflexively sometimes on utilitarianism, not because of the inherent value or disvalue of thinking that way, but about the way it gets talked about by these people. But like, if you're actually a utilitarian and you care about the greatest good for the greatest number of people then bodily autonomy should factor into that right like human yes. bodily autonomy is should be hugely important to you yes um, but no that's not logical all that matters is like well how many if you resu- if if less resources than this have been invested in the fetus then it's not a person so abortion makes that's fucking bullshit logic you're fuck you you're
4: doing too much math stop yeah. this isn't a
5: ma- this isn't a math problem sam <laughs> like this is not a fucking math problem not everything's a goddamn math problem
4: robert he won't listen to you unless you call him sbf and i was like why is robert talking about sunscreen (laughs) Mm -hmm. sbf yeah
5: we'll get that they all call him fucking sbf and i hate it but also as this went on i started using it more and more because it's a pain in the ass to type his whole fucking last name out um i look i this is one where i'm not going to give him a pass but i get it if you write about this fucker a lot it does make it easier. So, (laughs) anyway uh all anyway. of this is very bad um but you know what's not bad jamie well the products and services that support this podcast no, that's not true they are that's well <laughs> that might be I've true. checked
4: I've, <laughs> hold on i just ran a quick check on that and you can't jamie, guarantee jamie, that even one percent but, but
5: but what about the greatest good for the greatest number of people and and given <laughs> oh, that wait. i'm a, i'm a people so Sorry, it works Robert, out pretty Robert. well It works out very well for me. I
4: think that if you actually have more advertising Mm -hmm. revenue, you will actually build a really fast train, like you've been promising me. You would, yeah,
5: yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build the hyperloop. Um, Yeah,
4: yeah. And you've
5: been saying that. uh, I'm gonna promise you one thing: it's gonna kill a hell of a lot more people than that Simpsons monorail did.
4: And that, and and I'm gonna, and and look, not everyone is gonna hold you to task for that, but I am.
5: Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for keeping me honest and ensuring that, uh, we, we, we really make a a memorable disaster.
4: Look, I'm available anytime. I'm not visiting my friend Liz in jail.
5: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com.
4: Have you been thinking about LASIK, but not sure if you're a candidate?
5: Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
6: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
5: Oh, uh, we are back. What a good time. So Sam Bankman fried is, above all else, a numbers guy. And I guess as a kid, he was a numbers kid. His parents sent him to Crystal Springs Uplands, uh, a fancy prep school in Hillsborough, California. I looked through Mm -hmm. the website because I wanted to make fun of it, but it just kind of seems like a really fancy school. I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's a great place to get an education. They they put a lot of, I, I will tell this, they devote a lot of screen resources to letting you know that they are not racist and that most of their students aren't white. Um, they also have a French they also have a French cinema class for sixth graders, which is fine, but the cranky asshole in me that still has a little piece of my soul raised by right wing radio wants to say shit about it. Um, I was raised
4: by by left wing people, and I still think that that's some loser shit yeah I think that that's fucking dorky and goofy and like should it's like what you know, you meet because you meet people like that in the wild and they're sometimes there and maybe even often Man. very sweet people. But yeah. I'm like trying to be like, oh, you know who Plankton is? And they're like, no. And then they're but they've been watching French movies since they were like seven. And yeah, I just if, don't, if don't really meet, respect that.
5: If I meet a sixth grader with. Sick. Yeah. If I meet a sixth grader with strong opinions about French cinema, like. I'm just gonna leave I'm gonna leave I'm just gonna walk away Wow, Robert yeah. that's really
4: brave of you to march out of a conversation with mm. an 11 year old
5: I am not I'm not putting up with that shit absolutely <laughs> saying, not
4: I'm leaving this sixth grade class <laughs> I, my look, name's I'm Robert get, Evans I'm getting and I'm the the fuck out of here doofuses.
5: Fucking. There, <laughs> go watch your what renoir is that one of them that sounds like one of them cloudwin renoir is he a painter or he makes movies a
4: painter i know the one you're Ah. looking for and i was looking for it too but i don't remember but guess who do you know who plankton is of course you do
5: i know who plankton is and i also know that at least one of the directors they study is a pedophile just knowing a little bit about french cinema (laughs) that's that's unavoidable So Uh Uh he does well. Again, the school is probably fine. He does well at the school. Um, He was notably insular. Uh, He avoided most of his classmates to play Starcraft, which is good, and League of Legends, which objectively sucks. Uh, He also played a lot of Magic the Gathering, so I am confident he did not get laid in high school. Um, This is is based on extensive (laughs) personal experience.
4: (laughs) We're like, I just actually did some field research and... <laughs>
5: yeah, about four years of it. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, For college, he was accepted to and attended MIT, which marked out his family's elite North American University punch card. Um, they really hit them all now, now that they've got an MIT kid in the they, family. They get
4: a free coffee. Uh, there used to be an MIT... So when I was doing comedy in Boston, there was like... MIT had, like, a secret comedy club that was just for MIT students, and it was awful. Oh, the I'll only, bet that's...
5: Oh, God, yeah.
4: They paid you okay, but it was like, they're like, if you, like, knew someone who, like, met someone who went to MIT and they came to your shows and they were like, oh, we, we've, we did the math and you are allowed to come to our... They called it their speakeasy. easy I wonder if it's oh. still around. It was so it was i mean it was not fun. yeah not a fun crowd uh I, I will say but uh best of luck to 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 whatever was going on there yeah so he goes to so mit
5: he goes to he MIT. might have been at
4: one of those shows where we're on he, the same he age. might have
5: because he joins a fraternity there uh <laughs> and, and mit well jamie it's a an mit specific co-ed nerd fraternity so nice it's what could go
4: wrong (laughs) epsilon
5: theta um and here's how adam fisher the guy i hate described them in his article which was bad quote a co-ed fraternity of super geeks similarly interested in magic and video games thetans are fond of debating math physics computer science linguistics philosophy and logic problems for fun at alcohol-free parties now, I do know a little bit about MIT, and I know another thing these nerds often do is kill themselves using nitrous oxide because they will try to flood entire rooms with nitrous to do like a twenty percent nitrous to o2 ratio and well, kill it's themselves all this, then? It's a thing that happens. look it up MIT well, nitrous death yeah
4: and all I did in college was drink too many mm-hmm. blue moons mm Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> Wow. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a thing. Um, yikes. So what I don't know. What are
4: you doing over there?
5: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much I believe that, that they were always alcohol and drug free parties because well, if there's I one mean, thing the I MIT know from nerds, it's that they do a shitload of drugs.
4: I definitely didn't hear of this one because I went to a couple of MIT frat parties and they were, um not sober fun fact one the one of the mit frat parties i went to some for some reason when i was in college and when i would get really drunk i would always i would like i would i would like to like steal things from wherever i was mm-hmm. and so i stole two critical pool balls from an mit frat house and someone was able to trace it back to me and they demanded their pool balls back um, Oof. and i i embarrassingly I, I i think i capitulated i think i did give them back i shouldn't
5: wow have. Wow. Actually, so this one kid I'm finding in 99 died because he put a bag over his head to inhale nitrous, which is... Fuck, man. How did you get into MIT?
4: I don't know any... I was like, I don't, I don't know, what, know anything We shouldn't be about making drugs. fun of this guy.
5: Um, I don't know any But don't put, about, bags, don't put bags over your head, kids. Um, uh,
4: yeah. Fucking... I learned that in public school, no less.
5: So many other ways to do whippets than putting a plastic bag over your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway... Whatever. According next, according to the popular Sam Bankman fried endorsed version of the story, he pivoted towards an almost obsessive devotion to ethics in his freshman year. He went vegan. He organized a protest against factory farming and he worried obsessively over how he could change the world for the better. And it was at this point that Sam met a man who was going to change his life forever, William McCaskill. Um, If you want to learn more about this guy, I do recommend the episode of It Could Happen Here on effective altruism. Um, this guy is today the, the the pop philosopher of effective altruism and long-termism. He is in Elon Musk's text messages that we all got as a result of the Twitter lawsuit.
4: Oh. Um,
5: at this point, he was also at MIT and he met with Sam at a cafe in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, where Which one? Exp- Which one?
4: Which one? Which one? Which one? I,
5: I don't know. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, Jamie. <laughs> um, it's I'm sure you've gotten a hot dog there. Um, That's that seems likely.
4: No, any place this guy's going, it doesn't have hot dogs. They're not ethical. They're famously right. unethical.
5: So yeah, you're probably right. So, yeah. <laughs> McCaskill explained the concept of effective altruism to him, which is again this idea that like what matters is, is you you should like think kind of coldly and robotically about how you do help to make sure that your charity money does the the most that it can do. But one of the big like arguments about it is that like okay, well, what if you you know should you save a drowning child instead of saving like three kids from a burning building? And it's like that's a nonsense yeah. choice nobody's ever been presented with that choice at any point in the history of the human race that is I not like- not a reasonable that is not a there, there's no point to that ethical argument New you're not smart trolley for debating problem
4: it just dropped robert yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes no sense
5: yeah it makes no fucking sense <laughs> there's like bits of it that are reasonable which is that like well you know it makes sense to like look at the best thing you can do financially you know in terms of donating money is uh, you know malaria prevention because it winds up being the most cost-effective thing but it's like okay does that mean we shouldn't put money into making the water in flint michigan drinkable and a lot of these guys will say no because that's not the best use of money and it's like well we could do many things with money especially if we tax billionaires and put it towards rebuilding infrastructure um and like, a number of things can be done what uh sorry anyway friend
4: elon's shitty mccaskill
5: mccaskill kind of pills this guy on effective altruism he frames it as a strategic investment whose success um, was measured in populations worth of human lives. He estimated using back of the envelope math that $2,000 could save one life. And so a million dollars could save 500 people. A billion could save half a million. And a trillion dollars could theoretically save half a billion lives. Based on that totally legitimate math. People the only are math, eth- Robert. I mean, people are math. People, it all works out that way. Yeah. Based based on that absolutely real math, the only ethical way for a genius like Sam to use his time and talents is to become the world's first trillionaire. And I'm going to quote again from that article that no. I Oh SBF listened, nodding as Ms. Casco made his pitch. The earn-to-give logic was airtight. It was, SBF realized, <sighs> applied utilitarianism. Knowing what he had to do, SBF simply said, yep, that makes sense. But right there, between a bright yellow sunshade and the crumb-strewn red brick floor, SBF's purpose in life was set. He was going to get filthy rich for charity's sake. All the rest was merely execution risk. His course established. McCaskill gave SBF one less navigational uh, nudge to set him on his way, suggesting that SBF get an internship at Jane Street that summer. And so... But for the good of
4: mankind. For the good of
5: mankind. <laughs> get in the finance industry and gamble <laughs> like a motherfucker.
4: Little Asshole. I, I know, swear I to God.
5: I fucking hate these people so much. Um,
4: what? Oh God. Makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. know, look, I think yep. that
5: airtight <laughs> airtight. You can't air debate that lot. There's no <laughs> argument to be made about that logic, Jamie. I mean, so, I know
4: that this is the wrong person to be turning on in this moment, but this is the Dick writingist uh, language. this is I've the di- j- Jamie. It's like,
5: he has not begun to ride Dick. He's this is, choking. this is He is he, choking <laughs> on the thing. <laughs> This, so, this
4: man's got no gag reflex and it no is, sign of slowing uh, down. Uh,
5: Jamie, I'm going to read you some passages from this that are going to make you gag. It is unbearable. <laughs> so, Yikes. and it's like this article is like ten thousand fucking words. It took me like an hour to get through this thing. It's massive.
4: Who is he's like? Maybe if I do it, he'll give me a kiss on the mouth. We'll see. Well, the, the, basically,
5: we'll see. this this was published by Sequoia, which is a massive like investment fucking fund thing on oh, their sorry, website.
4: Journalistic entity?
5: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like that. It looks exactly like an article from like Wired or something like they clearly laid it out like that. But it, I think I it was done because they put like 200 million dollars into his company. So they needed to justify it by making him look like a genius. So uh, it's like it's, those
4: articles that like are occasionally I mean, it's more scary when they're on actual journalistic outlets and then it, there's yeah. just a little tag saying like, hey, this is sponsored by RuPaul's fracking farm or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and it's like,
5: why? <laughs> why fracking? RuPaul and ExxonMobil. <laughs> um, LGBT icons so aye, aye, aye. Sam Bankman Freed gets into finance and he's a very good trader as I mean I have no way to judge this but Sequoia says he was a good expensive. trader um, he was good at making a lot of money for other people and also a lot of money for himself besides and for um, dad, yeah. he gave away 50% of his income to his favorite charities but those charities okay. were mostly the Center for Effective Altruism and 80000 Hours, which is also an effective altruism charity What so they- is again with money and that's a great question jamie um it okay. allows guys like like mccaskill to live very well while also saying they only take thirty thousand dollars in salaries and give away the rest because their lives are heavily subsidized by these organizations that allow billionaires to pretend to be heroes oh um, so
4: like so like charity
5: so like charity, yeah. Yeah. Uh so he remains there happily for years until 2017 when he begins to feel as if something is not right. Now, spoilers, he's having a this, quarter
4: life crisis.
5: He is having a quarter life crisis oh, and no. this kid absolutely is a con artist. Uh, and what I am giving you is the polished, press-friendly version of the story for a guy whose entire life, as far as I can tell, was one long setup for an ambitious con. So when I say stuff like he gave a lot of money to charity, because there's like other charities he gives to, some of which sound reasonable, but I have actually no evidence okay. that he did. Like, I have no evidence that he did, and I oh, haven't seen okay. it. okay. One of those. Um, So when I say stuff like he felt like that or when they say stuff like he felt unfulfilled at Jane Street, that doesn't mean he actually did. Because we are at present reliant on a lot of reporting from back when this kid was the toast of Wall Street. Now, after his life fell apart and his company crashed and it became clear that he was a financial criminal, it also came out that the guy who wrote the big short has been following him for six months. So (gasps) I suspect at some point that's going to be fun. We're all going to be in for a real treat when that book hits.
4: I love I love when you're. (laughs) like and guess who is following him around you're like oh Mm -hmm. he's got michael lewis on his tail it's like and also if, if
5: you're an investor shouldn't like it's somebody involved in one of these companies probably should have been able to find out like oh hey the the big short guy's hanging out with him that probably means this is a giant financial crime that guy's not gonna just hang out with a dude who's good at legally making money to write about how good he is at making money legally. That's like, not okay, Michael actually, Lewis's beat. <laughs> I'm
4: kind of going for like a change of pace this time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to see yeah. a guy who's like doing yeah. something right.
5: Yeah. Well, Michael That's Lewis, aren't really you the guy tight. who only writes about financial crimes on like a gigantic scale?
4: No, no, uh, no. I think no. that this is, he's just probably just trying to network.
5: Yeah. He just just, yeah. She just really liked this guy's attitude towards altruism. So anyway. um. Yeah, anyway, here's how that, again, very dick-writing PR flack motherfucker wrote about what happens next. Quote, he was, he realized, too secure. SBF's mind had been trained almost from birth to calculate. As a schoolboy, the hedonic calculus of utilitarianism had him trying to maximize the utility function measured in utils, of course, for abortion during his teenage game. I know, I know. That's a sentence. That's a sentence.
4: Doesn't he say, of course?
5: Uh, no, no, I said that.
4: <gasps> oh, wait, no, he does ut- say, he
5: does say, he does say, of course. Yes, measured in utils, in utils, of course. Of course. Of course.
4: Oh. Suck my ass, you fucking
5: I, unbelievable. loser. Oh, During his teenage God. gaming years, his mathematical abilities allowed him to sharpen his tactics and win. And of course, every trade SBF ever made at Jane was the subject of a risk-reward calculation. All of it boiled down to expected value. The formula is fairly simple. If the amount won multiplied by the probability of winning a bet is greater than the amount lost multiplied by the probability of losing a bet, then you go for it, irrespective of units. Utils, euros, dollars, we're all subject to the same risk reckoning. But at Jane, SBF asked most another trading principle. He learned to be risk-neutral. In simple terms, a trader, given a choice between a 50, $50 and a 50% chance at $100, must be agnostic if they want to maximize the expected value of earnings over a lifetime. Those who prefer the sure win are risk-averse, and those who would rather gamble are risk-lovers. But both risk-lovers and the risk-averse are suckers equally because over the long run, they lose out to the risk-neutral, who take both deals without prejudice. That makes no sense. That makes no sense at all because, like, you, you're you're assuming you have to like choose between one. Can you just take both? Is that like the is that the offer? Because it seems like the the whole thought experiment is about choosing between one. None of this makes very much sense. Like, this,
4: I I had a brain hemorrhage in the middle yeah. of that, and then I was th- I couldn't stop thinking about. Do you and think again, that utilitarians? How do utilitarians feel about kissing with tongue? Do you think?
5: um how,
4: how many utils does it take to kiss with tongue or or don't waste your fucking I don't know. time
5: let me write the equation out jamie and try to try to sketch out the math on i think they wouldn't kissing.
4: be into it i think they would be like well, what's the point
5: yeah that's that seems real
4: i only so, have five utils sorry okay jamie
5: uh, jamie i gotta continue what the this what m- did that sentence mother- say? What did I, that I, say i don't know but we have to read another one Uh, quote here SBF realized was the rub when he applied this principle to his own life he came up (laughs) short there was little chance he'd get himself fired from Jane Street thus the decision to stick with Jane was a risk averse preference it was the logical equivalent of being offered a choice between $50 and 50% of $100 and saying give me President Grant SBF was risk neutral on behalf of Jane Street but not he realized for his own life to be fully rational about maximizing his income on behalf of the poor he should apply his trading principles across the board. He had to find a risk-neutral career path, which, if we strip away the trader jargon, actually means he needed to take on a lot more risk now in the hopes stripping of- stripping be- it away? Oh, Jamie, you need <laughs> to hear this. At this point,
4: we're stripping it away? I've been asleep for six minutes. Come on!
5: Which, if we strip away the trader jargon, actually means he felt he needed to take on a lot more risk in the hopes of becoming part of the global elite. The math couldn't be clearer. Very high risk multiplied by dynastic wealth- Trump's low risk multiplied by mere rich guy wealth to do the most good for the world. SBF needed to find a path on which he'd be a coin toss away from going totally bust. So what the path is risk neutral, but that means taking a lot of risk because the most risk is the only way to become the wealthiest person in the world. And only by becoming the wealthiest person in the world can you avoid risk. You get it, Jamie
4: yeah and that's the most ethical thing you can do right that's
5: that clearly the most logical ethical way to live so so
4: do you think that they kiss with tongue or not
5: i uh,
4: I, I mean that. i think
5: what he's saying is order in order to avoid the risk of catching an std you have to take on a job as the bathroom mat at a brothel um
4: oh I that's see, the
5: risk averse yeah or risk neutral presentation Oh, I'm um,
4: frantically rubbing my final brain cells together, trying to make heads or tails of that, and just like so,
5: nothing complete, is sparking. It is it is howling clown shit. It is absolute it barking really nonsense.
4: It is like a of a, a vortex of bullshit. To be like so. No. Anyways, it's really clear, and the math couldn't be clearer that he has to be the most richest guy, or everyone is going to die. It's like, actually is, really urgent.
5: You know. It's one of those things because I have I have known a, a number of rich guys in my life, um, and some of them are in ladies. Good for you, Robert? There's two kinds. Oh, there's wow, people. There's people who were poor at one point, and mm-hmm. some of those people are unhinged, and some of them still remember being poor enough to talk like normal people. And then there's people like this. Who Sam was never rich as a kid, but he lived in this rarefied air where finance and like the the, the concept of worrying about money or his economic status was not a thing because everyone around him when he was a kid was so high status right and he like he's just lived in this it's not even a it's not even a bubble he grew up on a different planet like mm-hmm. the world does not exist to him the same way it does to everyone else and so he's like that's the only way you can talk about things in this way um that sort of sinister
4: man. thing where you're talking about everything like it is very my Thinking, it's like it's so easy for him and people like this to, to think of other people as theoreticals because it, they've yeah. never had a problem before. They, so it's like, oh, never problems had a problem are a game of chance because I've never, never met a, a person right right, like right he has Which never is what happens known a human being just stanford
5: professors Sorry. exactly just stanford professors and problems in his video games so yeah
4: and not that all nerd i mean i'm not i i'm i'm afraid of uh nerd you know people who identify as nerds coming into my mentions i'm not saying that that's everybody but i'm saying like he's not no, been socialized fact, like a person and that yeah, mostly are, has to do with class
5: yeah yeah god damn it um so The next thing that SBF did after deciding he had to quit Jane Street um, is start pondering how he might change the world in a way that minimized his risk by maximizing his risk or some shit. Anyway, as he told it, he considered four career fields. And this is (laughs) these are his notes on the four (laughs) things he might do after being a traitor. Number one. Journalism, low pay but a massively outsized impact potential. Number two, Uh. running for office or maybe just being an advisor. Number three, working for the movement. EA, effective altruism, needs people. Number four, Uh. starting a startup. But what exactly? Number five, bumming around the Bay Area for a month or so just to see what happens. Now, again... Sounds like a bad bumble date.
4: Like, he's yeah. like, So, what do you do? He's like, Um, well, um, so startup, maybe, but what is yeah. a startup, really?
5: What is a startup? I don't know. So, again, he spent years working in finance. He's got plenty of money. He came from the Bay Area. So, five was an option, and it's one he took. Um, and by the way, like, as a totally. general rule, if you decide to quit your job and you have the financial ability to putter around for a month or two and think things through, not a bad idea. Sure. Um, but Sam is going to do this in the worst way possible. Uh, He eventually hits upon... Uh, his great next idea, which is to make a shitload of money in crypto. Now, when he quits Jane street is 2017. And if you guys can remember back that far, that's the first big winter when cryptocurrency boomed, like kind of all throughout the last quarter or so of 2017, Bitcoin was just sailing up like massive rises. Ether had a big rise too. this kind Were of went we around to
4: so young early, wow.
5: early 2018. A lot mm-hmm. of Bitcoin nerds who people have been making fun of for years became overnight multiple Multi-millionaires. And this was kind of the first point at which normal people started to think, shit, maybe I should get into this. Maybe I can make a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is the thing that blew up Bitcoin. And there was a crash after this, but it, it recovered. Yada yada yada. Sam was savvy enough to look at this and know that these moments where this thing where a lot of Funny money is on the table, but there's no regulation. Um, mm-hmm. And regular people have started to get interested because they think they might get rich. This is the point at which an unethical person can make the absolute most money in a financial market, right? And, and you can be unethical. To
4: quote one of the greats, you mm-hmm. can be unethical and still be legal. That's
5: the way I live my life. Ha-ha. Mm-hmm. And you know who else lives their life that way, Jamie Loftus? You and you're tossing the ads. Yeah, that's right. I, I am indeed. I am indeed, baby. Uh, here we go.
1: Easy to remember, so you know where to start.
0: L-A-S-I-K,
2: Basic.com. Happy Pride from TomboyX. X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit
3: TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
5: So, J-loft, j yes.
4: yes, it's actually uh, J-lo. It's the first, uh, I'm the first person to use that. And it's wow. really starting to catch
5: on. Bold. Um, I, oh, shit, Ben Affleck's are- calling me. One sec, Jamie, let me take this call.
4: Oh, that's my boyfriend.
5: Oh, no, he's just weeping outside of a Dunkin' Donuts and pocket dialed me again. Normal normal Ben stuff, <laughs> am I right? Oh,
4: Ben. Look, Ben, uh, I, sometimes I, I, meet, I meet up with my friend Ben at the Atwater Dunks, and I really, I really <laughs> set him straight. It's mm-hmm. nice.
5: Yeah, Ben Affleck sober for years and looks like he's hung over in every single photograph
0: oh what a king man i I know
5: i do i do i have a lot of there's just a something about him that warms my heart it's his back tattoo of a phoenix you
0: love his back (laughs) tattoo it's just that takes
5: courage you know moral courage
0: i just think it's he's so amazing he's fucked up that i think we need to add that back tattoo And mm-hmm. still got to marry Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I think. Look, I, I think mean, we Jennifer should Lopez put his name on the Vietnam
5: Memorial in honor of the courage that it took to get that that back tattoo.
4: I mean, he, he is braver than the troops, and he did for mm-hmm. a while hold hold the status of most divorced man in America. <laughs> um, but that
0: is now. Uh, but he fixed it by marrying. I feel Jennifer like Lopez, the contest.
5: I was going to say. I was
0: going to say, gonna say should... they did. <laughs> to be fair, they did get married at a plantation.
5: I don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, that's all That's all very fucked up. But I I do feel the contest for most divorced man. Did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z as a kid, Jamie? Yes. I didn't.
4: No, I didn't no. grow up with Dragon well, Ball Z. Well, there's Z this kid. thing.
5: It, the, the, the Dragon Ball Z would always do this thing where, like, you have this guy, and he's, like, the most badass person ever that everybody has to figure out how to fight. And it's this big problem because this is the most terrifying thing in the universe. And the next season, like there's something that's like a thousand times scarier. It's just this like power creep kind of thing. I feel yeah. like we've all been dealing with that with a divorced guy because divorced guy Ben Affleck not doesn't even register on the divorced guy. No, Scale I mean, next in, to Elon. We're living
4: in the age of Kanye and Elon. There's yeah, some it's really an, divorced yeah. guys. And look out because Tom Brady is about to fucking hit the World Trade Center. Tom Brady's going to go
5: super Saiyan divorced. It's gonna amazing. Be,
4: that is going to... A third divorced man has hit the World yeah. Trade Center. It is bad. <laughs> It's bad.
5: <laughs> oh, incredible. So back to Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> he, he has just he has just decided to get into crypto. Now, the first way to make money in crypto that that occurred to him, because he spends a bunch of time looking into the market, and he mm-hmm. find he sees that there's this thing called, I think it's like the the kimchi premium or whatever like that, they come up with some weird kind of racist name about it, which is basically Bitcoin Mm -hmm. is worth a lot more in Japan and Korea than it is in the United States, right? It's like worth 15 grand in in Japan and Korea and it's like 10 grand in the United States, something like that.
4: Why is that?
5: There's a variety of complicated factors. Basically, there's a bunch of different laws around banking and who can and cannot hold accounts and execute trades in those areas that okay. leads to this premium. Because like, normally, if a premium like that, if the markets were kind of accessible to each other, if Bitcoin's worth 15 grand in Asia and 10 grand in the US, then you buy Bitcoin in the US and you sell it in Asia and you get free money, right? Um, very obvious. Okay. Um If you can, but you can't do that because you can't get access to the, as an American, you can't like get a Chinese account in order to buy Bitcoin there, right? Um, Or a Korean account or a Japanese account. There's all these laws. So you can't just do like a banking
4: VPN. No,
5: you can't, you cannot do that. And no one can figure out how to do it, how as a Westerner to sell Bitcoin over in these parts of Asia and get that premium, right? And like just get a bunch of free cash. Mm -hmm. Sam figures out a way to do it. Um, which is basically like picking up a pile of free money, right? If you're buying mm-hmm. Bitcoin for 10 grand and other people want to pay 15 grand for it, you're just making cash, right? Um, and primarily the way he does that Is through friends in the effective altruism Community who are like placed in banks And stuff over in Asia who like Help him figure out how to do this I'm not going to okay. go into the details they, 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 I mean this fucking dick yes, writing article Spends a long time explaining How he figures this out And it might even have been legal He may not have broken the law to do this Although it's kind of hard to know Because all of this is complicated finance gibberish um, mm. By the way yeah, it, this I'm not, is I'm a,
4: Honestly I'm not getting a word of this
5: uh, Finance guys call this an art arbitrage. And it's basically the ideal that okay. if you can, if there's a resource that's worth a bunch more money one place than it is the other place, you uh-huh. buy it where it's cheap and you sell it where it's expensive and you get free money. Right. That makes oh, sense. Yeah. 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 If, if yeah. I am Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, if, and if, 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 if lying, my yes. drug dealer sells me ketamine for like 40 bucks uh, uh, a gram. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know, at a house party, you're hanging out at a couple of blocks away somebody Gip says that they'd pay $70 a gram for ketamine. You can okay. make 30 free bucks by taking the ketamine you bought for 40 bucks and selling it at that other house party, right?
4: Okay. So that was you speaking to me in terms that you would understand, but I do think I got it.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ketamine <laughs> makes everything make sense. Yeah. So
4: <laughs> you just gave it to me in Robert speak. I got it. I got he it. He
5: makes he makes a shitload of money doing this and he decides sure. to roll this money into a company which will allow him to hire employees to gamble with crypto currency at scale, to try and find different fucked up little areas like this, where they can make a bunch of money by executing trades. He picks members of the EA community as his first employees, including Carolyn Ellison, a former co-worker at Jane Street, who we will be talking about in a little bit, and Nishad Singh, a former Facebook employee. Industrial scale dick writer Adam Fisher lets you know that Singh is an incredible, almost impossibly good human being. By describing him this way, (laughs) he often wears a t-shirt with the words, compassion it to the core, printed in diminutive low all lowercase font over his heart.
4: Do you do you think that this guy, this writer, like just it's at this point he's on like a bucking bronco of yeah. SBF's dick? Like it's mm-hmm. just absolutely ridiculous.
5: He is he is he is fifty percent this guy's dick by weight. It is what unbelievable. Is he th-
4: what does he think is going to happen for him? <laughs> he's going to get paid
5: by Sequoia nice. to write a ten thousand word article that they oh then pull from their website when it becomes clear this man is a massive financial criminal.
4: He's like, no, <laughs> my greatest work.
5: Mm-hmm. It's extremely funny. Now, look, I don't know Sing, but based on the description that guy gives, I am convinced he's murdered a child with his bare hands. And that is my headcanon for this man. Um, No one else would wear that shirt. So... These these EA nerds all form a trading firm called Alameda. Um and in doing so, they came down on one side of probably the biggest split within the crypto community. See, the core of the idea that's not bad that exists within cryptocurrency is that decent is that centralized state controlled money is like has problems, right? You know, that, uh-huh. th- th- there's things about that that are bad. Um, and it could okay. be cool and useful to be able to separate the money from the state if you could do that, right? If you could do that in a way that reduced the state's power to like, you know, just lock down the bank accounts of dissidents and stuff like that. There's there's well, cool benefits to it. Well wait, potentially. well, wait.
4: I just had an idea. What if we did that, but then we gave all the money to one guy?
5: Well, and that's kind of what keeps yeah. happening. Um, oh, so, I see. I, mean, I but, see, but also, I see. like SBFs on the other side of this argument, right? Because uh-huh. obviously, most of the actual benefits of a truly decentralized online currency are just you can buy drugs with it over the internet. But still, that is a real value. People do, in fact, buy drugs using cryptocurrency and that's fine um and the committed Uh, ideological crypto people tend Uh to keep their money offline in a wallet only they can access right so you basically you have like a hard drive that has all of your crypto on it and that that only touches the internet when you plug that into your computer and you use it to make a transaction right and otherwise it's Uh. completely offline and so people can't just take it from you right right though that's the smart people this is a pain in the ass, though, right? Like keeping it in this thing, like there's all these security, you can lose your password. People actually do lose their money this way, too. But anyway, it, it's, it's, it, it there's a, A a measure to which it it makes sense and is secure. But most people don't want to go through that pain in the ass. So they put all of their crypto currency in what are effectively crypto banks, these exchanges. And these exchanges are places like Mt. Gox, which a few years ago all of the money got stolen from, and FTX, which Sam Bankman-Fried makes, which also all of the money gets stolen from, right? Right, So the people who are like, no, you shouldn't do what Sam is doing. You shouldn't make an exchange because that's not decentralized. And we like this because it's decentralized. They are are the ones who get robbed less often (laughs) because they're a little smarter. Um, And that's part of the point. These exchanges, they're meant for people who don't see crypto actually as like, well, I want to fight the state by removing my money from the banking system. They're for people who are like, I want to try to get rich quick by gambling. Right. And that's Uh why those people are also the most vulnerable to scams. Um, Robert,
4: anytime you explain crypto with me to me, even though I know I need to understand it for the context of the episode, I just feel like I'm in a corner at a house party and I'm holding a clammy Bud Light and it's mostly empty. And you're like, just one more thing, though, because
5: uh, Uh, I mean, the important thing to understand is that what Sam has done. So crypto is like unregulated, right? It is detached right. from any state, okay? Right, which is um, why people like it. Which is why people like it. Yeah. Sam has, what Sam has done is come in, and he's not the first person, the only person to do this, and sure. said, I have built a place where you can keep all of your crypto, and mm-hmm. you can trade it with other crypto to try to make money the same way people do with the stock market, right?
4: Where, where it is more secure.
5: No. Because here's the thing, Jamie, he Uh, says it's secure, but here's the thing. So, you know how the banking system, how banks used to just go bust and everyone would lose their money Uh and it caused a Great Depression? You get that Uh part of of the history of finance, right? Oh,
4: yeah. One of the characters from Titanic uh, killed themselves over that.
5: Exactly. Exactly. So that was a big problem. And we developed a bunch of regulations so that um, among other things. I know this part, Robert. (laughs) So what Sam has done is he's built a bank that has none of that so that people can gamble on the Internet. Right. Okay. So that, he can that's just all you can create a crypto Great depression. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. That's all you need to understand is that okay. Sam has built a big unregulated bank for people to gamble with. Um,
7: awesome.
5: Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and this is this is it is it could not have been clearer that this was a Ponzi scheme. In 2018, they put out an advertisement to investors, and I'm going to read it right now. I think okay. you'll be like. We offer one investment product, 15% annualized fixed rate loans. We can accept both fiat and crypto and can pay interest denominated in either. Um, These loans have no downside. We guarantee full (laughs) payment, the principal and interest, enforceable under U.S. law and established by all parties legal counsel. We are extremely confident we will pay this amount. In the unlikely case where we lose more than 2%. (sighs) Anyway, again, I'm not a finance expert. Neither are you, Jamie banks offer like th- a 3% return on like a fucking uh, uh uh if you're like putting a pile of cash in a bank and you're getting 3% back yeah. you're doing okay 15%s yeah. nonsense that R- nobody no one can guarantee that it's well, not was, a real f- product
4: i was pretty struck by their use of the language like we're Pretty confident we're mm-hmm. gonna be able to play. Sounds oh. like that just sounds like someone who is not actually very well, confident. And, and also,
5: if this is if you are if you are investing in a mar- in the stock market, right? And someone says this investment has no downside; it's impossible for it to fail. That person's lying to you and breaking right. the law because it could and often does. <laughs> like,
4: oh, right! Because then you're just you're you're making an almost yeah. guaranteed false promise. Yes, yeah.
5: yes. You cannot do. You cannot say this stock can't go down, right? If you're a stockbroker, you cannot tell a client it is impossible for your investment in this company to fail because that would be wow. a crime. Um, but with crypto. <laughs>
4: But with crypto, <laughs> yeah. it's uncharted territory, baby. It's uncharted you territory.
5: You, you can do anything. This is also a Ponzi scheme, right? What what, um, what um, fucking Madoff was doing is he had this investment portfolio that was... Pro- I forget what the exact... But it was promising an unbelievably high return and guaranteeing that people would get it, right? And what he Love was it. doing is as new people put money into the investment, he was using their money to pay the old investors so that nobody noticed that things were fucking up. But eventually... New people stopped putting money into the thing, and it all fell apart, and a lot of people lost billions of dollars. Right? Like, Ooh, okay. yeah, I'm back. He was also using a lot of that money to live, you know, uh, an incredibly lavish rich guy life. Anyway, sorry,
4: I only understand financial concepts when Selena Gomez breaks the fourth wall and
0: explains it to me. I, or,
5: I, I, I I'm doing my best to be your Selena Gomez, but I, or I just do you
0: know who Selena Gomez is? Yeah, she's that chick from The Thing.
4: Nailed it. She's a. She's kind of in the middle of a fun scandal right now where <laughs> she's in a feud with someone who donated her a kidney. What? <laughs> Which is a very funny online feud How do you dynamic. get in a
5: feud with that person? <laughs>
4: Because she, okay, if you asked, Robert, yeah, do, do. this is something I can explain to you. <laughs> this, so, so what happened was Selena Gomez needed a kidney donated. Her close friend who works in the industry, I don't know who it was, but I guess she's like sort of famous, gave her a kidney a couple of years ago. Then Selena Gomez turns around a couple of weeks ago and says, I have no friends in the industry except Taylor Swift. In comes her kidney donor being like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I'm one kidney lighter, dude. Like th- I'm not quoting it, but yeah. Wow. And then Jeez. and then Selena instead of Jeez. apologizing, Selena Gomez is like, Oh, sorry I didn't thank every person I've ever met in my life.
5: Yeah, <laughs> but I mean Selena, she did give you a
4: kidney. <laughs> yeah. I, I it, that's a special kind of friend. You guys weren't just like drinking buddies. She literally yeah. gave you a kidney. Um, and that's yeah, she what did, I She did the thing you. that you
5: would use as like a joking description of someone who'd done a lot for you to like, right. like to hyperbolically say that you, that you owed them a lot.
4: You know who's um, done and implying that Taylor Swift has done more for you than your kidney donor is yeah. so, uh, I just think it's the funniest uh, feud of all time. All right. We were talking about a Cryptocurrency.
5: We weren't. Um, we oh. were talking about Selena Gomez. But let's, let's get back to cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, so to talk about Pass what came out. next uh, after mm. establishing Alameda, um, mm. I'm going to quote again from that Sequoia write-up. At this point, mid-2019, SBF decided to double down again and scratch his own itch. He would bet Alameda's multi-million dollar trading profits on a new venture, a trading exchange called FTX. It would combine Coinbase's solid, stolid, regulation-loving approach with the kinds of derivatives being offered by Binance and others. He only gave himself a 20% chance of success, but in his mind, SBF needed extreme risk to maximize the expected value of his lifetime earnings, and therefore the good his earn-to-give strategy could do. The fact that he was, by his own overwhelmingly likely to fail was besides the point. The point was this, when SPF multiplied out billions of dollars a year, a successful cryptocurrency exchange could throw off by his self-assessed 20% chance of successfully building one, the number was still huge. That's the expected value. And if you live your life according to the same principles by which you'd trade an asset, there's only one way forward. You calculate the expected values, then aim for the largest one because in one, but just one alternate future universe, everything works out fabulously. To maximize your expected value, you must aim for it and then march blindly forth, acting as if the fabulously lucky FB, SBF of the future can reach into the other parallel universes and compensate the fail-sun SBFs for their losses. It sounds crazy fail-sun or perhaps even SBFs. selfish, but it's not. It's math. It follows the principle of risk neutrality. Yes, it actually is crazy. That's not math. I'm sorry. That's actually not math. Like, that wasn't that is math, nonsense. but that was a lot
4: of words all at once. That is like Oh my God, the spiraling logic that is, of this. You is are using so...
5: hundreds of words and high minded bullshit rhetoric to be like, gambling is the best way to make money.
4: <laughs> he used fabulously three times in one <laughs> sentence.
5: Yeah, man. You know who I've heard this basic argument from? My friends drunk in Las Vegas explaining what they're trying <laughs> to play at the craps table. Why they
4: don't want me to leave the little horsey game. Yeah, like, this is some, yeah, someone's like, no, don't leave the Sex in the City slot machine. No. And you, here's you why. Wanna,
5: you want to hear my mathematical thinking on gambling, Jamie Loftus? Because this no, will make I'll more listen. sense than anything that happens in the Sequoia article. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I go to Las Vegas, I find me the penny slots where I can see the most waitresses walking around with those little trays that they have have. the drinks and stuff on. Then I sit down at them and I don't start to play until one gets close to me. And then I I press the button as soon as she walks past and I like catch her attention. And then I get a free drink. And the way that it works out is that as long as I can get more free drinks than I'm spending at the penny slots, and mostly mm-hmm. I'm just reading a book and hiding it while I'm at the penny slots, and I only press it when the waitress gets near, oh, he's then not like
4: the other Vegas guys, I,
5: I can drink effectively for free. Right? It works mm-hmm. out to be like twenty five cents a drink if you're really smart about it. That and is That's smart. my financial d- o- advice to all of you. I and do. I
4: do respect that.
5: How you make it even better. I used to go with a bag because when I was poor, what I would do is I would go to Vegas once every couple of years, usually for work, and I would Mm -hmm. get all the free drinks, which came in glasses a lot of the time, and I would keep the glasses. And so I was able to furnish my apartment with stolen Las Vegas glasses. I love
4: stealing glasses. I've stolen (laughs) my (laughs) fair share of glasses in Vegas. Sometimes
5: I would get up to the floors where there were the nicer hotel rooms, and I would find all the people who'd set out their plates and stuff from like room service, and I would just take those and take them back to my house. (laughs)
3: Asshole. I respect
4: that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I was like, I don't have a real system for... Well, actually, when I go to Vegas, I always stay at the hotel with a roller coaster on top. And here's what I do. I go on the <laughs> roller coaster once, mm-hmm. sometimes twice. Then mm-hmm. I go see one show. Usually it's horrible. Mm-hmm. The last time always. I went to see the Backstreet Boys. And oh, guess terrible. what? I found out one of the Backstreet Boys is not QAnon. And then yeah. I, I got bumped up from this. That. It was a real bummer. <laughs> that was a trip. Fun text
5: The point thread. I want to make, Jamie, is that... What I just described to you my Vegas strategy has mm-hmm. made me infin- infinitely more money in net profit than Samuel mm-hmm. Bankman-Fried is actually going to make in cryptocurrency.
4: <laughs> oh, fun <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> Can't yes. Wait.
5: Um so he That's would never all. hang it, out
4: near waitresses though, because he's probably afraid of women.
5: He's probably afraid of them, but I am fine with asking women for a free drink uh, as long as I'm paying at the penny slots, you know. So it's not weird.
4: Wow, feminist icon Robert.
5: <laughs> feminist icon Robert Evans, getting those <laughs> getting those shitty Vegas Irish coffees because they come in the glasses. I want <laughs> oh, the most. Oh, those are
4: nasty. Those <laughs> yeah, but I like filthy. the glasses
5: they used to come in.
4: They do have, I know, but mm. then there's the consequence of having to mm-hmm. drink what's inside.
5: Well, you know, Jamie, that's why they call me a hero. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Nobody does the Mahatma
5: that. Gandhi of the West. They no. call me the Jesus no, Christ of podcasting. Don't. These are all things people call gonna, me.
0: If you're gonna lie, make it realistic, uh,
5: James. So, James, sof. Anyway, let's continue.
0: That um, sounds right. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah.
5: <laughs> I think it's hard to justify being risk-averse on your own personal impact, at Impact, SBF told me when I quizzed him about it, unless you're doing it for personal reasons. In other words, it's selfish not to go for broke if you're planning on giving it all away in the end anyway. Again, just... Clown shit. So what <laughs> all of this is a con, spoilers. So you don't have to think that yeah. much about it. In a recent series of text messages with a Vox journalist after his entire exchange exploded and everyone found out he was a financial criminal, Sam mm-hmm. Bankman Fried more or less admitted that everything he'd had to say about effective altruism was a con, meant to get people to trust him and invest in his company. And I'm gonna he read just the said text. That? Yeah, I'm going to read the text to you between him and this journalist, who, by the way, he put money in the Vox, so he helped fund this journalist. Wow. So the ethics stuff, this is the journalist, so the ethics stuff, mostly a front, people will like you if you win and hate you if you lose, and that's how it all really works. Sam, yeah, I mean, that's not all of it, but it's a lot The worst quadrant is sketchy and lose. The best is win plus question mark, question mark, question mark. Clean plus lose is bad, but not terrible. He also misspells terrible, but whatever. The journalist then replies, you were really good at talking about ethics for someone who kind of saw it all as a game with winners and losers. Yeah, he he I had to be. It's what what reputations are made of to some extent. I feel bad for those who get fucked by it, but this dumb game we woke Westerners play where we all say the right shibboleths and so everyone likes us. And that's the actual truth here, right? That's the thing that's honest about it. It's like, yeah, I mean, man, it was all, all like... of this talk for everyone. That's the entire, this Miss Caskel motherfucker. <sighs> the only reason his in- effective altruism thing exists as a funded thing is as a fucking mm. shibboleth for billionaires who don't want to pay taxes and want to let the world clum- crumble around them while sucking as much value out of the working class as they can and want to pretend like they're heroes at the same time so that people write their dicks in articles like that fucking Sequoia piece.
4: That absolutely fucking ridiculous text actually is like a very important document. That, it's incredibly important. That's, it's
5: deeply crucial.
4: I hate that yeah. there's such a crucial document that also includes he, he in it. Yeah, I, but yeah.
5: There's nothing to be done about that one, Jamie.
4: Look, there's, it doesn't feel good, but you yeah. know, we, our previous most important document to that effect was an IM that said, ha ha. So mm-hmm. a text with he, he is kind of the logical progression. That is fascinating. Do you have any like insight into like why he would so freely admit that? Now? I
5: don't, actually. One of two things has to be happening. Because, again, the spoilers, it, it this all falls apart. His exchange goes from worth $32 billion to worth basically $0 in the space of literally— I hear Lincoln in my
4: head anytime you say it like, all falls apart
5: like, like 20, 24 hours this happens his net worth falls wow. 94% in a day Woo. um like it is it all it collect, because they realized that all of the money is gone that he'd been taking money from one business and using to gamble in another and also to pay him and his friends and all mm-hmm. of the money that the investors had put in when they tried to withdraw it like the their money that was supposed to be in there on paper none of the money existed cuz again he'd stolen it um Anyway, the context of this article makes it clear that he felt like, I, I don't know, whatever. This was all a confidence game, right? That's the key. Yeah. All of this could work. And the balance sheets, because people were looking at their balance sheet, I'm making money. I'm making money. These returns are great. And that mm-hmm. money existed on paper until they tried to take it out, because then it actually wasn't there because he had already frittered it away. Mm-hmm. It's a confidence game. And we have an you know. Uh, th- that's the way it actually worked. We also know, uh, and this is all still coming out, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but we know that he had FTX loan himself, Sam bankman fried about billion. Like, a billion dollars. Like his paper value was dollars. like 22 billion, but he gave himself basically a billion dollars in other people's money. Um, although cow. he may have gambled that away. It's really unclear how much money he actually has, liquid at the moment. Um, okay.
4: Do we think he has any?
5: I have no idea. Okay. Either either he was like actually a gambling addict and a narcissist and he really did lose it all, or this was a con from the beginning, knowing it would all collapse and he got as much as he could out of it and he's going to wind up someplace without extradition, right? Like, See, that was the goal. Uh,
4: if you asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said it's the latter, but I feel like the last couple of years have demonstrated so often that like people are just straight up not smart and don't have a plan yeah. and it is all a narcissist shell game. It's That's, very... It,
5: it's it's unclear wow. at the moment. I'm going to read you some things at the end here and, and you can kind of make your anyway, whatever. Okay. So a, after, you know, starting FTX, the company moves to Hong Kong and then the Bahamas and they, they use they buy these very like a thirty nine million dollar mansion that he lives in with his friends using FTX tokens, which is like internal cash that his company issues based I'm on just, the perceived value of the company. How, they
4: don't. Hmm? How many rooms is that? It's what?
5: a shitload and and they're able to buy it Why? because everything's like their paper on paper. They've gone from nothing to worth thirty two billion dollars in like a year or two. And uh-huh. these these idiot like property owners in the Bahamas are like, well, clearly the best thing we could do is buy this building using the fake money they created for their own company that they tell us is worth a lot of money. This is oh, yeah, worth oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so. Since everything collapsed, some people that SBF had like reached out to as early investors have commented about why they didn't invest in this company in the early days. And most mm-hmm. of them, it's because like what they could see of his investments, the tens of millions that he promised to charities in the long run positions in risky crypto companies didn't make sense they would look at like the things he was buying with the company assets and the things that like he was investing in and be like well there's no way he could have that kind of liquidity if this is a legitimate exchange right he can't have uh, that kind of cash on hand ooh, it doesn't make rich, any sense
4: rich fucking assholes always telling themselves like that yeah that's funny
5: and, and what's funny is that like i found one of these guys who like yeah i didn't invest because i could tell it was a con and then was like, but I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to get yelled at. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, uh. that's that's unfortunately I do see myself in I that statement it. I get a little it. I bit. Get where it. I was like, oh, someone might be, someone might send me a rude text. Yeah, um, I
5: guess I won't I say anything about this. Yeah. Oh my god, um, it's What's very spineless, funny. goofy bullshit. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing, Jamie. He's a spineless guy who still has his fucking money.
4: wow you're in love with him that's what
5: um wow yeah you know uh, whatever it's the finance industry they're all ghouls so all ghouls from what we can actually tell now because again uh, this fucking captain dick writer the bad writer like i i I have to read you another quote that i didn't have in my script to to give you an idea of just how much he fucking how much he loves sbf here's a quote from him uh okay yeah this is this is actually jamie oh boy this is when this is when this is when this is when the writer captain dick Ryder is hanging out with him in uh the bahamas at his office quote and
4: he's like what if we kissed
5: sensing an opportunity for connection i chip in with my own two satoshi which is Mm. It, two cents but a, a bitcoin term anyway i'm whatever.
4: going to walk into the ocean yeah. wow okay
5: <laughs> i don't pay any attention to social media not because i have any moral case against it i say but because for me reading books is the highest bandwidth way i know to get quality information into my brain which just craves the stimulation i'm addicted to reading which explains how i ended up being a writer <laughs> oh yeah said SPF says F- sbf i would never read a book I'm not, sure my... <laughs> it... I'm not sure what to say. I've read a book a week whoa. I hate them both because <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. I've read a book a week for my entire adult life, and I have written three of my own. I'm very skeptical of books. I don't want to say no book is ever worth reading, but I actually do believe something pretty close to that, explains SBF. I think if you wrote a book, you fucked up, and it should have been a six paragraph blog post.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy's writing a ten thousand word article, writing his dick that he will not read. Oh, um, uh, this is so like funny. two hit. He- it's like two mm-hmm. guys whose heads are made out of rocks just like clonking against <laughs> each other repeatedly.
5: Just, just, just wait, Jamie, Jamie, it has it hasn't gotten as bad as it's going to get. Oh no! I
4: Whatever kind of the love case, when people are like I hate books. That's Whatever brain.
5: the case, I find myself <laughs> sad for the man. And it occurs to me that my reaction is exactly what might be expected from a beta in the brave new world crypto is creating. Whoa. How can you write that and not leap off the top of a building? Like
4: he literally self-identified as a beta Too Well what? and also
5: just like what I I love about this is just like these well, we have to take it. We have to take it as given that crypto is creating a brave new world and none of us has any choice in that. It's inevitable. It's unstoppable. It's going to dominate everything. I will
4: capitulate uh, to our our beep-beep-boop-boop overlords, yeah.
5: So I think again. What, I wonder? Does he think I think? Wouldn't someone with IQ points to spare realize that dismissing books, all books, is essentially worthless might rile a writer? Was he playing with me? Is this fun? Is this humor? I'm satisfied with my meta-analysis until I realize that one can always increment the level of strategic play in this sort of game. It's like poker. Level one is just thinking about how to strengthen your own hand. Level two is thinking about what your opponent's hand is. Level three is thinking about what your opponent thinks your hand is and so on and since sbf is obviously a genius i should simply assume that compared with me sbf will always be playing at level n plus one which was no. made which makes my analysis of the intent behind sbf's books for losers idea spiral into infinity and crash like a computer but I... like it was how you it...
4: write about me in your diary
5: no, Jamie, because you know. Do, do you know what the only ethical? Speaking of ethics, you know what? If you think this way about uh-huh. conversations, the ethical <laughs> thing to do is fill your pockets with rocks and walk into the ocean.
4: Wow, you're wolfing this guy.
5: Yeah, I absolutely am. Um, him and Sam Bankman-Fried, I could not hate these people more.
4: I mean, um, they're both, they're, <laughs> there's never been two wronger people having a conversation. <laughs> and of
5: course, it came out, he's just like, well, obviously he's a genius. We have to assume that because he became a billionaire. So, and it's like, no, he was never a well, billionaire. Robert, he faked- in his
4: defense, that's math. He, he think a
5: balance sheet. It, like, oh, we've now gotten access because he had to, like, go into bankruptcy and step down. So, like, now there's a caretaker trying to get people's money out of the company. And we know shit. Like, we've seen the Excel files where they kept their financial records. And it's uh-huh. him being like, this is basically bullshit. Like, sorry about this. We fucked this up. We weren't actually keeping records here. The company Ooh. balance sheet. There was no accounting department. People would file their like, like when they would spend hundreds, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars on things, they would just message each other on signal about it to get approval and had delete deleted messages on. So there's actually like no record of a lot of the accounting. They did at one point hire an outside accounting firm to handle their accounting of this thirty two billion dollar company. And the firm Uh they hired is the first it bills itself as the only metaverse based accounting firm. Um oh they, my the, god his the accounting firm for this 32 billion dollar company exists entirely within a crypto themed video game called decentraland um it is so I fucking worse stupid and worse
4: with everything you're saying okay so this is really this is bad and this feels mm. bad to hear um i have a question yes jamie um Who is, I guess, because I am, I am kind of back in, in Lizzie Holmes land because that whole last, I Mm -hmm. mean, like departments that should be, you know, taking care of shit don't even exist, which Mm -hmm. is very Theranos adjacent, uh, to me. Theranosy, yeah. Theranosian, if you will, as uh, we've both written books, we can just make up. Yeah, of course.
5: Yeah, that's Um, that's mostly what writing a book is for sure.
4: (laughs) I view myself as the beta of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I feel comfortable asking you, Robert, Mm -hmm. um, who is ultimately affected by this? Like, what is the like trickle down of this? What happens?
5: Um,
4: Is it just other rich assholes or does it affect regular like does it affect Uh,
5: probably there will presumably be some uh, here's the thing and here is why there's that lawsuit against like Larry David and all those other guys who appeared in the FTX ad yeah uh, presumably a bunch of regular people got suckered into putting their money on FTX and those people have probably lost some money that said for the most part it's fine because most of the people who lost money are like gamblers who probably suck as much as this guy did Um, And it's one of those things, there's just an article, I think at Financial Times, where someone was like, actually, and I, I think they actually had a good point we shouldn't regulate the crypto industry because mm-hmm. if we regulate it it will be brought in closer to the actual financial industry as it exists and banks will put more investments into crypto and it will get mm-hmm. seen as like legitimate and backed by the state and so when these con men destroy tens of billions of dollars overnight and cause panic in the industry it will affect the real economy and right now it doesn't seem to and like yeah i guess mm-hmm. that is kind of, that's not a bad point maybe we just let it die on its own i don't know um it seems like so, there's
4: more, like, we'll we'll know more. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. we will continue to learn more.
5: Now, one of the things that's funniest about this is that Sequoia, this investment firm, put like $200 million into the company, which they have all written off now. They're accepting it as a total loss. This oh, they're going, they're, they're going full yeah. bat
4: girl on this. Okay. Now,
5: when you hear this very serious investment firm put $200 million into this business, you probably yeah. assume, Jamie, wow, well, I bet he had a good pitch, right?
4: I actually, I don't know. If we're talking Theranos, <laughs> I actually don't think that that is, uh, that's not well, disqualifying to have a dog shit pitch.
5: You know, you know who can make this clear for us is Captain Dick Ryder. Oh, Quote, thanks sbf told sequoia about the so-called super app i want ftx to be a place where you can do anything you want with your next dollar you can buy bitcoin you can send money in whatever currency to any friend anywhere in the world you can buy a banana you can do anything with you you want with your money from inside ftx (laughs) suddenly the chat window
4: (laughs) it's also like how much did a banana cost i don't
5: know i feel like i can do anything i want with my debit card like I've never yeah. run into a thing I wanted to buy and been like, ah, I cannot.
4: <laughs> no, how do I <laughs> even? I can banana. even buy drugs
5: with it by going to an ATM. If I were to be a person who buys drugs, which I'm not, I could go to an ATM and take out cash and purchase. Support your drugs local with them.
4: drug dealer and banana vendor mm-hmm. for crying Un- out unbelievable. loud.
5: So he gives this banana pitch, quote, suddenly the chat window on Sequoia's side of the Zoom lights up with partners freaking out. I love this founder, typed one partner. I am a 10 out of 10, pinged another. Yes, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclaimed a third. What Sequoia was reacting to was the scale of SBF's vision. It wasn't a story about how we might use fintech in the future or crypto, crypto or a new kind of bank. It was a vision about the future of money itself, with a total addressable market of every person on the entire planet. I sit 10 feet this from is... him, and I i know it's... These people are just... I'm they're jokes. I like,
4: three executives they... doing lines of coke and one swallowing a banana with the peel still on. They're like, yes! Yep. Oh, my God. Okay.
5: Yeah. So it's... it's...
4: I mean, which does kind of continue with the trend of, like, you know, SBF has never had a problem or a like anything to overcome like if it's this easy for him to con people into shit like of course you would have a God complex you've never you've never been told no yep
5: yep 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 It's cool. So what Sequoia was, yeah, sorry, uh, I have to continue this this fucking quote. And next he's going to talk about a person who works at Sequoia and is in the room for this. I sit 10 feet from him and I walked over thinking, oh shit, that was really good, remembers Aurora. And it turns out that fucker was playing League of Legends through the entire meeting and this is framed in the article and in all the coverage before everything fell apart is like so awesome he's so cool this writer talks a bunch about how like Sam never stops playing video games when he's talking to this writer when he's having corporate meetings he's playing video games basically 100% of the time Um, Mm -hmm. and this is always mentioned as like he's always working he's always in the office he sleeps in a beanbag chair at his desk and it's like no dude he's not always working he's conning you and he plays video games all the time and pretends that that's a fucking job um which is great great con good for you yeah. buddy always um, working and
4: always there two very different flavors of ex- things ex- happening
5: ex- exactly yeah um it's all part of the fucking con so is the fact that he always he always wore like ratty old athletic shorts and like a wrinkled t-shirt because like that's for if you are a young man in the tech industry that makes right. people think you're a genius right because geniuses dress like shit um, yeah
4: do he's like now if i bring a real stink into the yeah. room people are gonna <laughs> yeah, like yeah. jack up my already fake iq mm-hmm. score about 20 points yeah this is fucking yeah.
5: horseshit and it's like you know who else dresses like shit the Me. guy i used to buy weed from oh <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, Does he also you know have who a pet also, snake? You know who wears <laughs> the same outfit as Sam bankman freed My old buddy, who once at a party got into an argument with a guy and broke fifteen bones in his face because they were both <laughs> drinking. <laughs> Not a corporate genius.
4: I do like that um, shared aesthetic, where it's like really the difference is the pet snake. That is, yeah, the, that's the that's that's how you truly can sniff out
5: uh, yeah. the millionaires hero? from
4: the av- yeah. yes
5: so anyway, he's the same kind of person as Elizabeth Holmes. And he mm-hmm. was again, he's a confidence man. And this gets us into the Larry David shit, because the the thing about being a confidence man is that as long as people are convinced there's money, their money is safe and most of them don't try to pull it out, then you can keep the con going and you can keep the right. fake numbers increasing and you everyone will think you're richer and you can actually get real money out of this. So mm-hmm. one of the things that he did is he would pour shitloads of money into sports. Uh, sponsorship deals and to other ventures to make his company seem legit. Oh, One way he did this come in. Yeah, he spent 17 and a half million through FTX to sponsor the athletic teams at UC Berkeley. Uh he launched a 20 million dollar ad campaign with Tom Brady and giselle Bunchen. He offered oh, NFTs at Coachella.
4: Uh-huh.
5: And he spent 135 million dollars <laughs> on the naming rights for the Miami Heat's home arena. And the purpose this is all to build confidence, right? You see you see mm-hmm. it's the the fuck it's the same thing crypto.com did by the way with the arena I was about to say, words. I was like, I, yeah.
4: I feel like the crypto.com arena is not long for this
0: world. And you we, have don't, to assume. we don't, Should we I don't in, recognize that as an act. Is
5: my money thing. safe in this thing that's a bank, but not a bank? Well, their name is on the arena, so it's probably legit.
4: Here's what? the thing is like, yeah, it's like now walking into the crypto.com arena, oh. I couldn't feel less safe. Mm-hmm. I couldn't feel less secure. Nobody like no. Unlike it when it was the Staples Center. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know what's never going to go out of style? little Stables.
5: notebooks people no. <laughs> have been using staples since we were cavemen i assume
0: so yes the earliest again, technology just like the worst his, fucking name on earth but it's, it's just, uh, yeah it, it infuriates me these people yeah so sophie it, has it, a dog in the fight i, I do in yeah. his
5: interview with vox sam basically admits this albeit in a slightly careful way Journalist, so FTX technically wasn't gambling with their money. FTX had just loaned their money to Alameda, who had not gam- who had gambled with their money and lost mm-hmm. it. And you didn't realize it was a big deal because you didn't realize how much money it was? Sam responds, and also I thought Alameda had enough collateral to reasonably cover it. Yeah. Journalist says, oh, okay. I get how you could have gotten away with it, but I guess that seems sketchy even if you get away with it. <laughs> Sam, it was never the intention. Sometimes life creeps up on you. Um, he <laughs> so, literally say,
4: said life comes at you fast Yes, yeah,
5: life comes at wow. you fast so, wow. Sam's net worth tops out at around $22 billion on paper. In reality, neither Alameda nor FTX had ever taken in even close to that much money. The valuation was based sure. entirely on nonsense calculations that were themselves based on lies from FTX's extremely cooked books. There's a lot more about this than we're getting into. People are still finding this all out. There is one thing I should probably read, which is so, you know, when his company collapsed, he had to step down from running it, right? And because a lot of money is still in there and a lot of like investment, are still tied up in that they mm-hmm. uh, they they put a guy in charge of the company again, right? And there's like there's specific dudes in the business world um, whose like job is to come in when a company fucks up like this and like try and get as much money back out for the shareholders as possible to minimize the bleeding.
4: So they, they kind of have like a, like how they, they had like old Hollywood, they have like a fixer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a, and this
5: is, this fixer guy specifically, he is the guy that they brought in, um, when Enron, he took over Enron after it fell apart in order to try and like minimize the damage from it. So he is the guy who got brought in to deal with like the fact that this massive fucking crime happened with Enron. Um, one sec.
4: My my favorite um, my favorite Enron memory, not that you asked, rude, yeah. um, was um, the uh, Women of Enron Playboy spread that I got to oh archive god. during my time there. Oh god. And boy, did those Enron girl bosses yeah. have their their
5: <laughs> So <laughs> it's as second
4: only to Women of 7-Eleven, which is my actual favorite spread. Continue. So,
5: uh, first off, you should know this company has about a million creditors. So about a million people possibly lost their entire investment in this company, which is a stunning amount of people to take money from. Um, and again so we we are probably looking at like five or ten billion dollars stolen something like that. it's kind of unclear the exact amount. but anyway, this is what the guy in the Delaware bankruptcy court filing. this is what the guy who was the guy who took over Enron after it became clear that the whole company was a criminal enterprise. this is what that guy wrote about Sam's company.
4: Oh, no. Okay.
5: Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information <gasps> as occurred here. From compromised systems integrity and faulty regulatory oversight abroad to the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals, this situation is unprecedented. Oh, Again, baby. that's the guy who took that's, over Enron. <laughs>
7: like, I was I've like, never that is literally like, like Bill
4: Clinton- Dropping a notes post, being like, "Never have I seen a more cheated on my wife in any like that is so absurd."
2: Well,
5: I will say it's wow. a, a different. This guy did not commit any of the Enron crimes, right? This is the but guy who comes. He saw
4: in. them all. Like, no, no, that no, 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 no. Is, this guy yeah. is
5: after. He's brought in the. It becomes right, clear that. No, no, th- that this guy, guy starting
4: a sentence with never in my career. Th- this that guy, like, yeah.
5: It's probably best to look at this guy as like an EMT. When it becomes clear that a company that has a shitload of money in it and is central in the economy has uh-huh. collapsed because people broke the law, he comes in to minimize the damage. But he was not yeah, working at Enron guy. previously, yeah. right? Like it's not, he's not trying to like stop anyone from getting in trouble. He's trying to minimize how many people are hurt by this. Yeah, anyway, no, of course. Yeah. Um, I just want to make clear like that guy's job anyway whatever yeah he's so, not he's
4: not the Enroner
5: he is not the Enroner he did not make yes. Enron bad he's just no. he was there afterwards and was like this company's even worse
4: he bought the um, issue of Playboy and then he yeah. kept it push yeah
5: so I should god there's yeah we're, we're we're getting close to done I should note that before everything collapsed Sam again he's in the effect of altruism he's he's he promised to donate like a couple of hundred million dollars to these EA causes a lot mm-hmm. less than that actually wound at got out some of mm-hmm. them were good But a lot of it was like, so he made a huge point that he was like his one of his major priorities was pandemic prevention. Right. We have to stop the next pandemic. I'm going to put as much money as I can into pandemic prevention. That's the best effective altruist thing that I can do Mm -hmm. Um, to talk about how well that actually worked. I want to quote from The Washington Post here. FTX-backed projects ranged from a $12 million to champion a California ballot initiative to strengthen public health programs and detect emerging virus threats amid lackluster support the measure was punted to 2024, to investing more than $11 million on the unsuccessful congressional primary campaign of an Oregon biosecurity expert, and even a $150,000 grant to help Monclef Slough, the scientific advisor to the Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed Vaccine Accelerator, write his memoir. So that sounds like a giant waste of money, right? That sounds yeah, like that sounds none like of it, of even if it was fire. like good, it sounds like it didn't, account- like even if the goals were good, like, well, the ballot measure failed, like it or it got punted. Right. So it's not like it worked. Um, and it gets worse because SBF's fund also put a lot of money, like $5 million into ProPublica and ProPublica, they've done a lot of cool stuff. They also oh, recently sure. published an extremely flawed investigation that backed the lab leak hypothesis. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna the L.A. Times and their analysis of this oh, deeply fa- I mean, flawed piece of reporting,
4: and also, I, you yeah. know, we've got some notes for the L.A. Times as well. Yes, but, the, yeah, nobody's proceed. perfect. Proceed.
5: The, the The L.A. Times called it a train wreck, noting the article is based heavily on Chinese language documents that appear to have been mistranslated and misinterpreted, according mm-hmm. to Chinese language mm-hmm. experts who have piled on via social media since its publication. It mm-hmm. also takes as gospel a report by a rump group of Republican congressional staff members asserting that the pandemic was more likely than not the result of a research related incident. And this has been the fact that ProPublica published this has like provided a shitload of fuel to the it was all a fucking lab leak from China. It's China's fault. Um I Republican that. shit. Yeah, Jesus. Sam Bankman-Fried funded that shit. Um and Oh my god. Yeah, basically none of the shit he was putting in money into that was supposed to be good really worked and a lot of it was yeah so the another thing the right is doing right now is they're talking about he was like the number one or number two donor to democrats during the midterm elections
4: right um, behind uh seth mcfarland yeah
5: yeah but none yeah. of his donations worked and also he gave it was like 32 million he gave to the dims he gave like 24 million to the republicans and the reason he was giving uh, this money well, <laughs> number yeah. one there were some like pro pandemic response candidates he wanted to back most of whom didn't you know do well uh but mm-hmm. also like a lot of the money was towards republican and democratic candidates who were going to be part of the regulation of the crypto industry because he wanted to have a seat at the table and push regulations in a way that okay so yeah. any
4: candidate that would enable that is who's uh, yeah
5: exactly um so, anyway, in general, nothing at Alameda or FTX was as it seemed. In that Dick Writing Sequoia article, Carolyn Ellison, the CEO of Alameda, is uh, he talks about her a bit and, like, she frames her as like this quintessential innocent nerd girl, plucky and ethical and optimistic to show like these are the kind of, you know, smart, young, Gen Z kids that are you know building uh, this this great company. And like she showed up in LARP gear to meet with Sam and talk about the future of their great financial enterprise. And she's an ethical altruist. Um, since everything fell apart, it's come out that she and Sam were dating each other and possibly other members of the company. Um, and oh, also people have well, found now her. Now we have
4: the full Liz Holmes loop oh, has been completely we go
5: people have found her tumblr um and boy is she sketchy as hell um i'm gonna quote from a report on her tumblr activity in decrypt.com boy howdy when i first (laughs) started my first foray into poly i thought of it as a radical break from my trad past the account wrote in february 2020 but tbh i've come to decide that the only acceptable style of poly is it best characterizes something like imperial chinese harem The account went on to detail how a polyamorous dynamic should ideally function as a cutthroat market of sexual competition and subjugation. None of this non-hierarchical bullshit, the account elaborated. Everyone should have a ranking of their partners. People should know where they fall in the ranking, and there should be vicious power struggles for the ranks. Oh my god! (laughs) It gets worse, Jamie! The Ellison-linked account also demonstrated a substantial preoccupation with HBD, or human biodiversity, an online euphemism for the discredited fields of race science and eugenics popularized by yeah, all right. Oh, oh boy! Give me one more paragraph, and then we can talk about this. Jamie Ellison <laughs> has, for years, vocalized her die-hard obsession with Harry Potter. In one post, her affiliated Tumblr account tied her love of online character quizzes, quizzes to her penchant for sorting Indians by their caste, which she presumed to indicate genetic distinction. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy
4: shit. <laughs> Even J.K. Rowling wasn't thinking something that fucked up. And that's mm-hmm. really saying something. There, someone needs Amazing. to
5: tell me. Amazing. Astonishing. This
4: is, <laughs> Tumblr is exclusively for Sherlock fan fiction mm-hmm. and things that trigger my eating disorder. That's a yeah. hit. I cannot fuck... like. Oh, that's so dark.
5: It's I, I almost can't fathom it, right? And again, there's so much we probably will do a follow up at some point because, like, the yeah. fact that sh- the fact that it was this easy for like some fucking crypto rag, they are not the only ones we reported on it to find her Tumblr, where she talks about race science makes me think these guys were all probably into a lot more fucked up shit than they let on. Um, yeah,, oh, so we'll my see. God. we'll see.
7: I just. Uh... it's, it's
4: I, we don't have the hour for me to decompress the way I need to after hearing that sentence. specifically.
7: Yeah, I, almost, I need
5: a cigarette.
4: <laughs> I'm going to start smoking today, and yeah. I hope she's fucking happy. Oh my god, that is He's, that is it's so funny. What a brutal place to land. It's Thanks so for fucking funny. nothing,
5: Robert. Jesus. Anyway, hopefully they're all. All of their money's gone, but they probably squirreled away millions and stuff for themselves. Although, I at least one of the articles I've read says that, like, his net worth is effectively zero now. But sure. I don't think anyone cool. actually knows what his net worth is right now, like, and how much he got. Like, his company went from valued at $32 billion to most recently, there's something like $650,000 in actual assets left. Um, but I also kind of think he and the others probably have millions or tens of millions that they set aside, um, Uh in shady ways for themselves.
4: Wow. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, well, that does sound, uh, like what the, the Beanie Babies guy would do. And that is my yardstick for morality. That is so, um, that, that is very, very scary to, uh, to consider. I feel like guys like that, the thing that is, is, I mean... I don't know whenever you hear about like it is so karmically satisfying to know that someone like SBF can can be completely bottomed out and like destroyed by something like this. But the thing is, like when when rich guys like that lose everything, they just come up with worse, more hateful ideas and then come mm-hmm. back. And that is like always what kind of scares me about that.
5: Yeah, it is so funny. Um I don't know, Jamie. I don't
4: know what the solution is. It's not like I want him to have money again. I just, you know, what? How can you make someone say less?
5: Again, I, I think the solution. The podcaster's is, dilemma. I, I think the so, look. Here, here's here's where I'll land on this. You know, okay. I I don't think I don't think people should be thrown into cages generally unless there's literally no other way to stop them from harming folks. Right. So, and I don't think that's the case with these people. So instead. No. I think the actual solution is to close from the outside all of the doors to that, the, the fucking rich person apartment complex they occupy in that Bahamas development, lock mm-hmm. it from the outside, and mm-hmm. once a week drop in food and necessities via a helicopter and never mm-hmm. let them leave or use the internet again. Yeah. Have them all then, just be with their friends in their in their weird little compound going increasingly insane with their Chinese harem shit. I don't know. I guess that's another SBF, kind of prison. But if we film it, we can make money. Well, um, but then
4: SBF might may have to face his worst fear, which is yeah. reading a book.
5: Yeah, I, I I guess like like my serious answer is what do you do to people like this? Is you stop them from ever being able to have access to money again or start companies right. again and hopefully eventually they find something to do that actually helps human beings and is like uh, 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 like of any kind of use like working at a grocery store there's that's a real benefit people need to get food and people mm-hmm. need like that's a, a respectable honest way to make a living um and if any of these people were to get a job working at a Safeway, they would be providing an infinitely greater benefit to the human race than they could ever have performed. Perhaps working at a FTX. bit more
4: of that, that ethical side of the yeah. ethical altruism you're looking yes. for. Yes, yes. I'll be honest. I did not come to the recording today with a solution for the prison mm-hmm. industrial complex. but I, I, will I don't say have that it. I either. still <laughs> don't like it. Um, I still don't love it. Um, yeah.
5: Yeah, I have no solution. Um but you know what I do have, Jamie? What? Your pluggables.
4: Mm-hmm. No, you don't. I have those.
0: Well, you have
5: them, but I'm letting you have them. Oh my god. I mean okay. I am giving so, uh,
0: I mean, I could probably I'm... do them if nobody wants to take this job. I'll there do it. I can I'll do them. Okay. Sophie, do you want to do them? Yeah, I mean, uh you can pre order Jamie's book. Um, and that that is linked in her Instagram bio. That's um, true you can follow her on instagram at jamie christ superstar and you can follow her on twitter at jamie loftus help if twitter's still around uh she has a podcast that she co-hosts with caitlin Durante called the Bechtel cast you should listen to her many limited run series including her most recent run which is ghost church and sophie
4: produced along with the Bechtel cast and everything every podcast on the planet this has now become a plug for me
0: um did i get everything jamie
4: yeah, that's exactly what I would have said, except worse. Yeah, yes. so pre- um,
0: pre- pre-order uh, uh, Raw Dog. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Sophie.
4: Yeah, pre-order Raw Dog. If you listened to the hot dog episode of uh, Bastards and didn't like it, you did like it. Now buy the book. <laughs>
5: yeah, legally you did like it. And if you yeah. disagree with that statement, uh, we will send the CIA to kill your family.
0: Yeah, Fair. and and, that,
4: uh, and let's make sure to attribute that quote to Robert
0: Evans specifically.
5: <laughs> there we go. And
0: speaking of Robert uh, Evans specifically, Robert Evans specifically, Margaret Killjoy specifically, and myself will mm. be doing a Behind the Bastards virtual live stream show on December 8th. You can get tickets at uh, moment.co slash btb.
5: Yeah. Um, also, uh, I have a sub stack now. Because Twitter's not doing great, so
0: that makes me find so me sad.
5: <laughs> Why? I I like writing things. I got to write a thing last night, Sophie. So don't you want me to Robert. write more things? I subscribe. It's better for me than being on Twitter all the goddamn time. Yeah, you can find it at Shatterzone.substack.com. Uh, go there, and I will be writing. I'll try to write something every week. Maybe I won't. Maybe all of this will will be fall apart, be lost in time like tears in the rain, or maybe. Like I- you'll get every, a new thing from me every week there's no way to know
4: every time half the time when I get something from someone's Substack, because I subscribe to quite a few but every time I get a message from someone's Substack, it's always like I'm so sorry I'm like I didn't notice just give me the content and I'll see <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah yeah it's fine it, look we all we, I, I don't know I've been meaning to write more stuff uh, as opposed to just tweeting shit posts so maybe it'll happen maybe it won't there's no way to know perfect bye
0: Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com. Or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Happy Pride from TomboyX. X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit
3: TomboyX.com to shop.
7: Right rug flooring.